We're going to advance the kingdom. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran. He lighted upon a certain place, tarried there all night, kind of like Friday, because the sun was set and he took the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and he lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed a dream and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, X Marks the Spot. X Marks the Spot. Can you put your Bibles down? Let's just give God some praise before we see it today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do and what you are doing, Lord. Help us, Jesus, to receive your word, God, and go forth in boldness, declaring your word. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' wonderful name that we pray, hallelujah, hallelujah, you may be seated today. Amen. I... I think ingrained inside each of us is a sense of adventure, a little adventure. The thrill to go out and to discover something life-changing. The easiest way and yet probably the most unrealistic way would be for someone to hand us a treasure map with a big red X on it and say, there it is. Our eyes would light up. And we would become as giddy as a child in a candy store, especially if they told us it was real. But the truth is, is that there is treasure buried all around us. The peninsula of Florida has been witness to many, many hundreds of sunken ships in its waters over the past 500 years or centuries Many of them were supposedly transporting millions and now billions of dollars of treasure. Many of these treasures are still buried out there somewhere. Still undiscovered, waiting for somebody to find them. But the problem is, is that we don't have a map. Otherwise, we'd be there. The treasure hunters know that there is a treasure out there, but without a map... It's going to be rather difficult to locate it. Actually, even with the treasure map, the treasure can still evade you and still not be as easy as it looks on the map. But I think most people write off treasure hunts as fairy tales and fables. But recently, there was an active treasure hunt here in America. I wish I'd have known about it. The treasure chest actually was just recently found back in June. It was found, so it was real. The man by the name of Forrest Finn was a wealthy art dealer whom I need to send a friend request on Facebook. I need to remind myself that. 
Finn liked the idea of hunting for treasure, so in 2010, he placed a treasure chest full of gold coins and other jewels somewhere out in the Rocky Mountains. He wrote a poem, which was the treasure map, and he published it in a book, and all with the intentions of creating a real-life treasure hunt for somebody. And lots of people partook in it, and June of this past year, pictures were posted online that it had been found, and it was a real treasure. Finn verified that indeed his $2 million treasure had been found, a bunch of gold coins and all these things, and obviously that person should hold on to them gold coins because it's going to go even higher. If someone uh, were to hand you a genuine Real deal treasure map with a verified multi-million dollar treasure waiting for it under the red X. Waiting for you to discover. You mean to tell me that you wouldn't say, Pastor, you won't be seeing me for a little bit. Got to take a few weeks off. Family business, you know how it is. Going out of town, it's family related. Everything's family related and or maybe I deserve a vacation. And so uh, why is it that people will scour the earth seeking gold and riches, but, but give someone a Bible and say, this is, this is a map that will lead you to a city where the streets are made of gold. It will lead you to a city that is not made with hands, but whose builder and maker is God. Give them this treasure map and they will look at you crazy. Oh, you're looking for gold. Well, here is the map that will lead you to a place where the streets are paved with gold. But why is it that if you tell people that you are following the treasure map to heaven and uh, that they will call you a religious nutcase or you're a wacko or, or, or you're a crazy uh, zealot or, or you're, you're just out of your mind, why is it? But, but we are all the same, really. We're all treasure hunters, and the only difference between us and them is that we know that the real treasure is not here. It's not down in this earth. It's not in this world. The real treasure is not in this life. But we've given up the hunt down here and we've turned our attention elsewhere. Because this one, we're just a passing through and our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, they beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, how those words bear so much weight today. Because as each day goes by, the more and more I feel that we are leaving soon. This world just doesn't comfort my soul any longer. And it's certainly making me, not making me want to stay here much longer. Paul tells Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all evil. We, we all know that part, but what about the rest of the part? Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Who's he talking about? He's talking about people of God who, who fell after coveting after money and, and chasing riches. That they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. How many times have you heard that statement that this job has offered me a lot of money, but I'll be missing a lot of church? 
Pastor, think how much I'll be able to bless the kingdom of God. Can't tell you how much I've heard that. With all the money that I'll be making, I'll be able to bless the church. And uh, this excuse isn't new to us today because Paul told Timothy that people went chasing after treasures in this world. And in pursuit of their treasure, they erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. My goodness, as if this life doesn't already have enough sorrows. I refuse to let this world and the things of it corrupt my soul and my spirit and rob me of my treasures that are laid up for me beyond the blue. I'm not going to let some pandemic keep me from going to paradise. I'm not going to let some virus shackle me and rob me of my away. I've come too far to go back. I've come too far to turn back now. He's done so much for me. I cannot give up being so close to that big red X. We're so close to touching heaven. Nothing in this life, no situation, no circumstance, no devil, no storm is worth more to me than heaven is. And so why would I give in to whatever winds come our way? Now more than ever should be we rallying together, encouraging one another. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there, sister. We're almost there. We're praying for you. It's going to be all over soon. Keep on fighting a good fight of faith. We're not going to let you go. We're going to keep on pursuing. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but to me it seems like that glorious day is fastly approaching. We're watchful. We're looking for that mark, looking for that spot. Where heaven is going to meet earth and I want to be ready at that spot. I want to be there. I don't want to miss the mark where heaven and earth meet. Our text transports us to the witness, to witness Jacob stumble upon a certain place. Our scripture said that he left Beersheba and was headed toward Haran. But nightfall was coming The Bible says that he lighted upon a certain place. It's interesting to me that of all the adjectives used in Scripture, of all the physical locations described, here we are only told that Jacob went to a certain place. Some place between Beersheba and Haran. If it named the cities Beersheba and Haran, why didn't the writer give us details of this place? All he said was a certain place. No other descriptive words were used to recount this location, just that it was a certain place. Jacob goes on to name this certain place. He calls it Bethel, which means house of God. But something happened here in this certain place. Jacob took the stones of that place and used them as a pillow. 
And that night, having the best sleep of his night, he had a dream. In Genesis 28 and 12, he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. There's not much that can be said about this certain place, except that wherever it is, wherever this place is, it seems to be where heaven and earth meet. X marks the spot where angels ascend and descend. Where the power and the presence of Almighty God resides. X marks the spot where on one side angels are bringing the prayer request up to heaven to God. And on the other side the angels are coming down not with empty hands but they're bringing down answers to prayers. They're bringing down the blessings from above. They're delivering provisions from to the people of God. They're bringing a fresh word hot off the altars of heaven to somebody who needs to hear it. A fresh healing. A fresh word of encouragement. They're bringing the keys to loose somebody from their shackles. My God, you want to talk about finding a treasure. How about finding the door to heaven? How about finding where the windows of heaven are opening up? Finding that place where heaven and earth are aligned. And the power from another world comes rushing down like a mighty wind. Talk about finding a place. Scripture tells us that such a place exists. All I can tell you of its location is that it's a certain place. I can't give you a map and point to a big red X and say, that's where you need to go. All I can do is to tell you that there is such a place that if you align yourself with heaven, you too will experience the power and presence of Almighty God. You too will see dreams. You too will have visions. You too will feel the brush of angels' wings because X marks the spot of a certain place where heaven and earth meet. This nondescriptive phrase, certain place, piqued my interest, so I searched the Bible to find where else it is used, if it is used elsewhere. And I found in my search that there are only four places in the Bible where the phrase certain place is used. Turns out that two of the four are used to describe scriptural references. They're, back, they're saying back in a certain place in scripture such and such is said. One of the times is used here with Jacob and the only other time this phrase is used describing an actual physical location is in Luke chapter 11 came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased one of his disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples it is also interesting to note that Luke the writer was a physician, was a wise man. He was one of the most descriptive writers of the Gospels. 
He would input details that, that Matthew, Mark, and John left out. He, would, he, 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 he saw the details. His recount of events was second to none. He was known to be an accurate historian. He chased down every witness and made sure, cross-referenced every, every event that happened that he wrote about. And as a result, he carefully researched everything. And yet, here, the great writer Luke says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. Really, Luke could be more descriptive than that. Not in such and such garden, not on such and such hillside, not in, and not in the back room. No, Jesus was praying in a certain place. It didn't seem like a, a place that I would pray, but Jesus must have had a map or something. He must have had or seen a big red X on the ground that, uh, that he must have missed, that Luke must have missed. But something led Jesus to a certain place to pray. And I believe that that certain place that Jesus was praying at that day, that time, that moment, was similar to the certain place that Jacob experienced. We know it wasn't the same physical location because we know that they were not in Bethel at this time. Jesus was not. And so, but that certain place turns out to be a spiritual location where heaven and earth meet, where heaven and earth align. When the earth gets aligned with heaven and the windows begin to open up and the ladder shoots down out of heaven and touches touches the earth. When a man or woman on the earth gets themselves aligned with heaven, when they follow the leading of the Spirit to that big red X, it's there that you'll be able to touch heaven. It's there that heaven will be able to touch you. It's there in a certain place that the power of God is released and you walk out of that place a changed person. The disciples knew that something happened there while Jesus was praying. Just like if a visitor came to our church today and they had to come a few minutes early and they came in the pre-service prayer, uh, they knew that something was going on, something was happening in this place here today. Maybe, maybe the disciples saw something. Maybe they saw some kind of angelic activity or, or maybe they heard or felt a mighty rushing wind while Jesus was preaching or, or praying. But something happened in that certain place where Jesus was praying. Because once Jesus came out, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why else would they ask that question at that time unless they felt something? They felt some shock waves go through where Jesus was praying. You're not going to say that unless you felt something. And I believe that they felt something while Jesus was off praying somewhere in a certain place. And when they get back, they said, oh, we got to ask him. Well, teach us, Lord, how to pray. Something happened over there where you were there. I felt something. Jesus, you tapped into something there in prayer. And then they said, Lord, teach us to pray. 
Verse 2, 11, chapter, Luke eleven two, 2, and he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Come where? Thy kingdom come. Come where? Come here to earth. The only way for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth is to come down the ladder. And where does that place happen? It happens in a certain place where thy kingdom is coming down to earth. Thy kingdom come to this earth, Lord. I got to get to that place where heaven is coming to earth. I got to align myself with that ladder of heaven. It's in a certain place because that's where the kingdom of heaven is coming down. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Your will, God, that is done in heaven, let it be done on the earth. Your will that's in heaven already done, let it be done in the earth. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. It's done. It's finished. It's completed. God will settle. God, is, God will settle and check that off in heaven. Uh, he's, it's all done. Don't think that God is up there pacing the halls of heaven, hoping and praying that his will will be done. No, it's already done in heaven. God's will is already done. He's already defeated Satan. Satan in heaven. He's already won the battle in heaven. It just hasn't been sent to earth yet. Earth hasn't been aligned yet with the will of God. Heaven is not the problem. Heaven is not the problem. His kingdom is not the problem, folks. God's will is not the problem. Everything is done in heaven. The problem is with the earth. The problem is with the earth and it aligning itself with heaven. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. If you want to see the will of God happen in your life, then you need to align yourself with heaven. You need to find that place. You need to position yourself or reposition yourself. You need to get yourself in line with the ladder of heaven and, and this, this thinking about that, ah, I'm just going to wait for God's will to knock me upside the head. That's, that ain't going to get you anywhere. I'm just waiting for God's will to knock me over. Well, his will is already done in heaven. So what's your excuse? His will is already done in heaven. God just waiting for somebody to lighten upon a certain place where that ladder can drop down and the angels can drop down and the power can drop down and the answered prayers can drop down. God's not waiting. Uh, God's waiting for somebody to find that certain place where he can send down the promises, send down the blessings, send down what they are answers that we're praying for. Sometimes we think we're waiting on God when God's waiting on us to get to where we need to be. Sometimes we we think we're at the rate we think we're at the right spot, and then we think that uh, we're waiting for God to do something. Well, maybe we need to reposition ourselves because maybe where we're at, we thought we were supposed to be, we're, we should be somewhere else. To get your 
to get yourself to the right spot. That's what God's waiting for. It's there in that certain place where you will get knocked upside the head with God's will if that's what you're waiting for. It's there in that certain place that you'll touch heaven. It's there in that certain place that you'll get your answers. It's there you'll experience his kingdom coming down into your life. X marks the spot of a certain place where heaven and earth are aligned, and that's where you and I need to be. We don't need to be anywhere else. We don't need to be at 7-Eleven or Circle K. We need to be where X marks the spot. We need to follow the leading of the Spirit of Almighty God because He's trying to lead us to that place where heaven is delivering things. And if you're needing something, you need to find that place in your life. The reason I think that the super descriptive phrase, certain place, is used to describe this location is because it's different for everyone. There's not a single certain place where we all can go. I mean, we all meet here. This is a rallying point, but don't let this. This is not intended to be your certain place. This is not your certain place. This is just a bonus place where we go to get refreshed. Your certain place is somewhere else because the government can come and shut down this place. And if you think this is your certain place, guess what? You have no place no more. That's why you need to follow the Spirit and find that certain place in your home, in your life. You need to find the X in your room, in your house, in your wherever you are, in your neighborhood. You need to find that certain place because there's a ladder waiting for you to get there. There's blessings waiting for you in your home. There's power and the presence of God waiting for you at that certain place and you need to find that place. It's different for everybody. That's why you come and ask me for that place. I, I can maybe give you some kind of direction to go, but I, I don't know where that exact spot is for you. That's for you to find out. The, the cheap and easy way is to go to the pastor and say, God, pastor, just tell me what I need to do, this, 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 and this. How about you find that answer out in prayer? God's not going to give me an answer that's different from you. He, if, if, you're, if his will is for you to get to that X, we both would align at that place. And so you can find the answer as well. It's different for everyone. Jacob's certain place was different than Jesus' certain place. My certain place is different than your certain place. I can't tell you how to get to the place that God wants you to go because I don't know where that is. I'm trying to work out my own salvation to make sure I'm following the X and following for my life and my family. And, and, and you need to do the same as for you. I can't work out salvation for you. You got to find the X in your life. You got to find the ladder to heaven in your life. You got to find the well where you dig in, where you tap in to the power and presence of God. If you do that, you have nothing to worry about. I, I can help you steer in the direction of vicinity, but the location of your big red X, that's for you to find. You have to follow the leading of the Spirit. You have to learn to listen to the voice of God. And, and as I am trying to find that certain place for me, we all need to be finding that place for ourselves. You can follow me, copy me, do as I do, say as I say, pray as I pray, but that doesn't mean you'll arrive at the place where God wants you to be. 
All I can say is, when you've arrived, you'll know. You'll know you've hit the, the ladder of heaven. You'll know because you'll enter a place that you've never been before where you'll feel the power and presence of God like other before. Your mind will be blown. God will begin revealing things to you. He'll open up your eyes. He'll give you understanding and revelation. Once you've been to that certain place, you'll walk out of there different than when you came in. You may have stumbled. You may have stumbled there in pain. But I believe that you can walk out of that certain place healed by the power and the presence of God. That the healing virtue that the angels descending can bring down the healing that touches your life, touches your body. But that's only going to be found at a certain place. Once you get there and lie prostrate at the bottom of heaven's ladder, ladder and the angels of God ministering to your needs... And all the power and the presence of, uh, of God and his presence will fill your soul. You'll be coming out of there a different person. And I know some, some people feel that way about the church service, and that's great. But again, this is not designated, designed to be your certain place. Come out renewed, re-energized. Confident God, on fire for his word. If you're, if you're feeling a little lazier, bummed out, you need to get to that certain place and get renewed and refreshed in the presence of God. Because there is not a devil in hell that wants to get in the way of somebody who's just walking out of a certain place. Somebody who just connected with heaven. There's not a devil that wants to stand before you. Out of my way, devil, you have no authority in my life. Why? Because I just touched heaven. I just sat in heaven places with Christ Jesus God has given me the authority and power so get behind me Satan get behind me devil I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ no devil will want to stand in your way if you've been to a certain place with God get behind us Satan we're tired of your lies and your tricks, or we're not going to be putting up with it anymore. I'm tired of you condemning me of my past, but I just left a certain place where I encountered the will of God that is already done in heaven, and he reminded me, devil, he reminded me of your future. My past may not look so good, but devil, your future is not looking good. My future is looking better than your future, devil. Every time he reminds you of your past, you remind the devil of his future because the will of God is already done in heaven. We just need to align ourselves with heaven. Musicians, if you would come. When Jacob lighted upon a certain place, we're told that he took the stones of that place and he used them as pillows. Now, my pillow is not that soft, but to each their own, I guess. I believe that those stones in Bethel were not just any ordinary stones. You see, Jacob named that place Bethel, but he wasn't the first person there. Jacob named the place, but he was already, somebody was already there. Somebody beat him there. Jacob's grandfather Abraham had been in that area before Jacob did. Way before Jacob stumbled across that place, 
Abraham was already there. In Genesis 12 and 8, and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Somewhere in the vicinity of Bethel did Abraham build his first altar. The first place where he encountered God and, and the power and the majesty of God in Canaan is the first place that he built that altar. Somewhere in the place of Bethel did Abraham gather up a bunch of stones and he built up an altar unto God. Why there? Why did you do it there, Abraham? Of all the places in Canaan, why did you build an altar there? Maybe, maybe Abram found a big red X on the ground. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord led Abraham to a certain place to build an altar to God and to open up the portal to heaven. And the Spirit knows where the ladder of heaven is. And all the Spirit is trying to do today is He's trying to align men and women of God to get them to that place, to get them to where heaven and earth meet, to get them where the angels are ascending and descending. The Spirit knows where that door is. The Spirit knows where that portal, that window to heaven is. And He's just trying to nudge us and to get us to get to that place could it be that when Jacob lighted upon a certain place and that he took stones of that place and he made them a pillow could it be that as the sun was setting he was looking out looking ahead of the horizon looking for a place to set up camp could it be that a big pile of stones caught his attention. And could it be that he ran, went over there and he took from it some of the stones from that altar that he probably did not know about, that his grandfather built that, and he used them as a pillow. That, that we, we don't know, but all, all we know is that he lighted upon a certain place, and that place happened to be Bethel. The house of God. The place where heaven and earth would meet. We stand with me today. If, if such a place exists, if such a place exists on the earth and in our lives, why wouldn't we pursue after that place? Why wouldn't we pursue after it like we would pursue a treasure chest of gold? Why would we not think twice about using as much resources as we had, as much of our strength and energy to hunt down some treasure buried underneath a big red X? Why would we put more energy and effort into that when there is a place that we can get even more from God? Do we pursue it like we would pursue the riches of this world? 
I'll tell you why many people don't pursue it. Because to reach that certain place, you've got to be willing to isolate yourself. You have to be willing to come out from the world and be separate. So you can hear the Spirit drawing and the Spirit speaking and the Spirit leading you to that place. You have to go there alone. You and your buddies cannot go to a certain place and hang out there. You'll never find it. That certain place calls you and bids you to come. To leave this world behind. To leave your friends behind and and let them enjoy their fun and games. But the Spirit is calling you. I've got something for you that will change your life for eternity. As the disciples were goofing on and carrying on, Jesus said, I got to get out of here. I got to depart alone. And he went to a certain place alone. And he prayed alone. That certain place isn't frequented by many. Because you got to go there alone. You got to want to go there. That certain place isn't frequented by many because it's the place where altars are built. It's the place where sacrifices are made. It's a lonely place. Because you can't bring your kingdom there. You can't bring your kingdom to a certain place and sit there and say, God, let your kingdom come. You can't say that if you haven't let your kingdom go. You can't bring your kingdom to that place because that's where God's kingdom goes. You can't say, Lord, let your will be done as in heaven, so in earth. You're still holding on to your will. X marks the spot of a certain place. A certain lonely place, but oh, the treasure that awaits. Oh, the presence there that awaits you. It's worth giving up everything to get there. Would you go there? Will you go there? Will you pursue after that place in your life? Will you chase after it? Will you forsake all and and go unto a certain place and let heaven touch your life? Would you let the angels minister to you there? In case you haven't realized, this world is falling apart. You may not like what's happening and you may not understand. We may not get it. But here is what is happening. Earth is aligning itself with heaven. Earth is aligning itself with the book of Revelation. 
And things are starting to happen because the earth is getting in the right place and the right position where the will of God that is done in heaven is coming down to this earth. We may not like what's going on out there, but that better be a sign to you that the earth is aligning itself with heaven. And that means that there isn't much time left. Not much time left for you and I and the people of this world to find that certain place and to get a hold of God. When the military conducts secret missions, there's always what is called an extraction point, extraction zone. A place where the helicopter's coming to get you. And that's where the soldiers know where to go. That's the place where they get out of there. They get out of that dangerous territory. They got to make it to the evacuation zone, the extraction zone, whatever you want to call it. There's a place, there's an X on their map where they know that, that the helicopter is coming to get them. Jesus is getting ready to meet his bride at a certain place. And he's going to take his church out of this world. And don't think that there's much time because I believe the helicopter's on its way. The earth is aligning itself for the final phases that are going to close out this, the book that is already settled in heaven. And we need to be where God wants us to be. And that is in a certain place. It's time to forsake all and say, God, lead me there. God, lead me to that place. Let me forget about everything in the past. Help me, God, lead me to that place. Philippians 3 says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in God in Christ Jesus. We gotta be reaching for that mark, folks. We gotta be seeking out that place. Will you go where there with me today? Will you just close your eyes and begin to seek after God? God, lead us, Lord, to that place. God, help me to get to that place today. Lead us, Lord, to that place. God, where heaven and earth align. Oh, let's begin to worship Him. Let's begin to cry out to God. God, give me the strength to get there. If I have to crawl there, God, I don't want to be left behind. Give me to that place, Lord, where I need to be. Not by my Hallelujah, Jesus. Not by Help us. us, Lord. Move us into position, God, where we can feel your power. We can walk out of here in authority and power and dominion. Oh, that's where he's leading us. Come on, he's got great things for you. They're waiting in a certain place. You got to go get it. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's time to get serious. Hallelujah, 
just waiting. We are the fire. We are the temple. You are the voice. We are your son. You are our God.
send you away with homework but I feel like homework for this week is that we should bind a spirit I don't know how many spirits are out there but if we all start binding one there's going to be a lot less of them around here amen amen go bind a spirit this week in the name of Jesus amen God's given you the power to do that the authority to do that amen and we can keep doing that we're going to see revival in this city amen Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today. In Jesus' name, go out in the power of the Spirit.